0: I've been waiting for you boys all day. Get on stage.
1: Yo. No.
2: High school hockey fans, it is finally time for the state tournament. I know the guys here on the website are pretty excited about that, and uh, we're going to go over the games tonight here on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Mike Hammett, your host, along with Burglar, also Delmar Scanlan and Trasher. Everybody loves Trasher. Um, let's go ahead and get started with the first game, boys. Let's start out with Thursday, ten a.m. Final Lake Springs and Hudson are gonna hit the ice. And they're gonna do battle in the first quarter final of the day. And uh I guess I'll start out first with uh Trasher.
1: And I'll go ahead and Michael, I'll let you open up the discussion on this one. All right, consider it opened. Um Hudson Raiders were the state tournament winners last year. They are back They are the number one seed in the the newfangled tournament bracket where on Sunday morning the coaches got together with the WIAA on a conference call and hashed out who were the top four seeds. They set those and then they randomly picked their opponents and the Hudson Raiders will take on the Fond du Lac Springs Um Ledgers and this I believe is their first appearance in the WIAA state tournament. I do believe that they had made some appearances in uh I don't remember what it's called, the WISAA, the old uh public school tournament from years ago, I believe. Uh, so the Raiders back to defend their title. Uh they defeated Superior four to one in the sectional final. Um, the Ledgers had a little bit of a tougher challenge. They knocked off U-School one to nothing in their sectional. Should be a good game. Um, I, guys, what do you think about having the first game of the day? Is that an advantage or a disadvantage for a team? And is it possible that one type of a team maybe has more of an advantage over another type, if that makes sense? I don't think so. I don't think it
2: really either team really has an advantage of uh the start time. Um the only thing I can think of advantage of that game being at ten in the morning is by the next day on Friday when you start in Friday afternoon, the winner of that game is gonna maybe be a couple hours fresher. That's about the only way I see it.
3: I think the only the only advantage I, I actually see right now is you know Hudson's experience of being down down there at the tournament. You know compared to what uh, the Ledger's experience is going to be, and you know how are they going to react to being on that ice and knowing that atmosphere they're going to be in. And I think that's going to be the biggest one of the biggest advantages you have. You know before you start even matching up what talent wise is, you know comparing that on the two different teams.
0: Yeah, well, the, only, the only time I can see that it would, that it could possibly be an advantage is if you had, um, you know, a school that was, you know, within a couple hours of the arena and, you know, buses were going down and the kids could pay 10 bucks, uh, to go down, and get your ticket and your bus right down there and they'd get out of school for the day, you know, by doing that. If that's going to do it, you're going to get kids, whether they're hockey fans or not. Hey, I got out of school today. But on to Madison what the heck you know I'll do it and for those early games if it's a school that's within you know bus ride distance you'll see a lot of kids packed in there for that Friday game but I don't think either of these schools really qualify for that I mean the people from Hudson the ones that are going to go to the state tournament they're going it didn't matter what time the game was so you're not going to get that that overload of, of students getting out of the day out of school for the day and final Lac Springs, you know, you may get their whole population down, their their whole student body down there, and it's really not going to be that many, you know, kids to make that much of a difference with, uh, you know, the smaller private school. So, I can't see either one of them getting an advantage, and I really don't think that there's any disadvantage. Um. The other way.
1: Well, um, to Dell's point about um, first-time team at the state tournament. A few years back, you probably remember because I think I wrote a little article about it. Hudson faced a first-time team and gave them all they wanted for about the first two periods until their goalie got hurt and then Hudson just pulled away and that would have been the Sock Prairie Eagle team. Um back in the day, we I remember we were broadcasting from the the end of the rink way up on the on the top there. And that play happened right underneath us, so uh I remember that pretty vividly. Um let's talk about players. Um you have for Hudson, Jordan Halverson, who was a pretty darn good defenseman. Um, he is a player of the year finalist. You have Colin Ahern on the other team, a goalie, who is also a player of the year finalist. So you definitely have some top notch players in this game. And uh, it's, you know, um, the, actually the whole tournament is going to be full of very good goalies, you know, top goalies in the state. And uh, so maybe we'll see this to be a, a little bit of a lower scoring tournament than most years.
0: Well, St. Mary's Springs is definitely led by their, their senior goaltender, Colin Ahern, um, I mean, they they won their the sec, sectional final one to nothing over University School, but other than him, um, St. Mary Springs is a very young squad. I think they're arriving um, at the state tournament maybe a year or two ahead of what uh, Coach Ahern may have projected. I mean, he's got he's got seven freshmen, seven freshmen, freshmen, seven of them getting regular ice time, including three defensemen and you know what the the coolest thing about freshmen is they're small um this is this is a this well this is a diminutive team um they're not real big if if Hudson normally Hudson um that Western Wisconsin you know Minnesota influenced squad they're usually bangers over there and um if they get to bang in some of these little uh, St. Mary Springs guys, you know this game, this game could get ugly. But we'll, we'll have to see. Um, the St. Mary Springs guys, are, they are quick, but but they're they're small.
1: Burglar, to to your point, the Hudson roster has nine players six foot or taller on the team. So <laughs> there you go. You,
2: you say six foot or taller nine players, Michael, but you, you know, the thing that really stands out, you've got all those players with that experience from last year. And, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to beat a team like Hudson that's got a boatload of experience coming back and, uh, trying to defend their title. You want, you want to say Fonty Springs may be one and done, but you know what? They got good goaltending. And we know what goaltending can do in a tournament. So this one, uh, if it's one-sided, it'll probably be Hudson. But if it's close, look out. Fond du Springs may surprise you. Just ask USM.
1: True that. Um, Hudson, Hudson lost three of their senior leaders from last year. Um, forward uh, Aaron Grounds, um, defenseman. Help me out here, guys. My mind is failing me. Uh, number five. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, uh, my guy. I got to look back. My guy. See how long ago that was? Oh, I can't even remember player, anymore. Player of the Year, Chase, Chase Blackman. Chase Blackman. Blackman, yes. And our favorite goalie, too, the, the long-haired oh. young fellow, Anthony Howard. By so, the way, Aaron Browns was only a junior. Oh, that's right. Okay, but he left to play elsewhere, so, yeah. yes. Um yeah uh but that I mean basically so you lose a top key all-star type player all-state type player from each of the positions and uh but Jordan Halverson has stepped up um they say there's a kid Peyton Hansen who is supposed to be pretty darn good and um you know AJ Cohen has done a heck of a job in goal this year so it's like You know, like the superior teams usually are—they graduate players or they lose players and they don't miss a beat. And this Hudson team is kind of like that. So, yeah, on paper they definitely have the advantage, but uh, the game's played on ice, not paper. Thank God. Otherwise, the paper would be cut to shreds, obviously. Um, And Colin Ahern, can he can he steal a game for Fond du Lac Springs? He's done it this year uh, probably a couple times, so I guess anything's possible, gentlemen. How do you follow up
2: that? That synopsis right there by Trasher. I don't think you can. With the the next game. With the next game. I think Trasher just said it all. (laughs) Let's move on to game number two. Verona and Notre Dame Academy. These two teams played earlier in the season a 3-3 tie up at Cornerstone and now they meet again in the state tournament. Notre Dame was a winner over Nina Hortonville Manasha and Verona needed double overtime to beat Madison Edgewood 4 to 3 and uh I was at that game boys and I'll tell you what one of the things Verona has is speed. Greasy white lightning speed and skill, and they've got some depth at the forward position. Jake O'Siki back on defense, and their special teams are very good. Notre Dame Academy, on the other hand, I got to see them once this year. They tied Edgewood, so you think about it in a way that's kind of almost a wash between those two teams. They've tied one common opponent. They tied, so I guess if they tie again, wouldn't be a surprise, but somebody's. we're not in the tie business for uh, the state tournament.
1: Well, I was at the Notre Dame-Nina hortonville Manasha game on Friday at Cornerstone, and it was, the score was tied one-to-one after one period. And then I think in the first three or four minutes of the second period, the Rockets from Nina Hortonville Manasha scored three times to take a four to one lead. And I was thinking to myself that the game's over now. I have to figure out how to, how I'm going to write my article. I, and I actually thought that. And then Corey McCracken for Notre Dame called a timeout. They came out, scored two goals in probably a four minute span to cut it to four to three. And then I think with under a minute left they scored another goal a tie at four to four and you could see um the Rockets basically just kind of fizzle out there. Uh, they they played hard in the third period, but Notre Dame had a little bit more for them and they ended up winning six to four. So just when you thought the game was over, uh it definitely was not over. So um they don't have like really a lot of superstar players, but they just have a lot of solid players and they have, they have some depth too as far as can the kids score. They have some forwards, uh, on the third line that are scoring goals in big games like this and you don't often see that. And I think that, uh, with the, along with the, the experience of the coaching staff having been there and so these kids, uh, I think they know what's at stake and they're not going to be Dazz, dazzled by by the state tournament lights. So uh have not seen Verona play. I know they're very talented. They got some really good players. Uh Baker, Osiki are very good. So it should be a really good game. I don't know. This would be a tough one to pick a winner for guys. Uh should be a really good game though.
3: Well I was just kind of going over um the schedules for the two teams and on February tenth, I believe it was, uh Notre Dame beat Hudson 3-2, to two, and they've had, you know, some nice games since then, you know, here in the playoffs. But then I actually went over to Verona's and looked at theirs. The last time they experienced a loss was December 27th, uh, playing over in Rochester against Albert Lee. Um, they've had some good games. They've had one tie during that time. And some of their wins include, you know, uh went over Anigo went over Stevens Point, uh, went over Sun Prairie. you know, So some tough games. And then, of course, you know what they did j- just Saturday to make it to the state. And as MJ said earlier, I would not be surprised to see this one require overtime to win it. And I, I think we're going to see a good game here for the second game of the tournament.
2: Del, one of the things about Verona early in the year, they went through a lot of injuries. And they lost some key players for a while. And once around Christmas, when those guys started coming back, all of a sudden they got rolling and voila. I mean, they rolled off this long winning streak. So, um, once they finally got a full squad, uh, things started falling into place for them and here they are at the state tournament.
0: Well, we've kind of been talking a little, a little bit about Verona. Um, when we talk about our top 10, uh, just since we've, you know, started getting the, the power rankings, because the, the computers, uh, both of the power ranking systems, seemed to like Verona a whole lot more than the coaches did, or do, did, um, as reflected in the, the the top ten coaches poll. Um, the latest power rankings from U.S. High School Hockey Online has Verona at number five in the state, ahead of Waukesha, ahead of Notre Dame. Um if you went just by the power rankings, Verona would have the number three seed um, in the tournament, rather than you know being one of the, the, the lottery picks, uh, you know the random draw at the end. So uh, I think the reason that the that they've not fared well in the coaches poll is because they haven't played Hudson or Oakware Memorial or Wasa West or other those teams that we generally see up at the top of the tournament. Whereas, you know, Notre Dame plays them a couple of times. They play them in that, that tournament at the beginning of the year in Eau Claire. They play in that showdown in Titletown. Verona hasn't been in any of those showcases and hasn't gotten the recognition, you know, from the coaches. They don't show up in our top ten. But power rankings, you say, oh, well, it's just computers. Well, what the computers do is, you know, record all the head-to-head competitions. And, you know, this team played that. Yeah, and, and averages it out to where they think. That Verona is uh, a pretty good team, and uh, by their by by the reckoning of the power rankings, um, power rankings also think that Notre Dame is overrated in our top ten poll. So this is a good matchup between um, the computers and the coaches as to you know who thinks is the better team.
1: MJ, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, there's a kid on the the Verona roster that, uh, apparently is not playing, and, um, just wondering if you know anything about that.
2: Uh, which player would that be?
1: Uh, Jack Kerlick. Kerlick? Yeah.
2: Um, the last I heard, he has went to a prep school. Okay, that would explain it. He's got a little brother though, Mac. Mac is uh quite the player. He's only a sophomore. He's he's something. And he's very talented. You know, I look at I got Verona's roster up here and I I look at it and they're a very young team. I mean I'm I'm looking at some of these guys that they run out there. You know, Jake Osiki, he's only a junior. Uh Kale Rufnik is a sophomore. Mason McCormick, a junior. Brockton Baker, a junior. Matt Curlick, a sophomore. Leo Renlin, a freshman. I mean, Aiden Schmidt, who scored the two goals during the game. Well, he's, he's a senior and they're going to need new goalies next year, but they've got a lot of talent that's not done yet. Now, whether how the season plays out for them, you know, there's some kids that may end up going to the junior ranks. And I don't know anything more than anybody else. I mean, some of them have that opportunity to move on to that next spot. So, you know, Verona may not be done if it don't happen this year. They may not be done this year. They may also be there next year. So it's a, it's still a pretty young squad, but it's very talented. Well, that being said, if you guys have nothing more to say about Verona and nothing, I think it's probably going to be a very good game as well. Let's move on to the first game of the evening. What I'm, saying, I'm taking up Eau Claire Memorial, four in the afternoon. Uh, gentlemen, um, Trasher, you always like to start first. Go ahead. What do you see?
1: I don't always like to start first, but. Well, you're going to. Okay. <laughs> Number two seed Eau Claire Memorial versus the, as Burglar called them, the lottery pick or maybe the at-large team, West Salem. West Salem, this would be their second straight appearance down there. They took care of Onalaska in the section of final four to nothing. ECM, on the other hand, this would be their 18th trip, the 11th time in the last 12 years, and they have two state championships under their belt. They took care of... Uh, Eau Claire North in the sectional final four to nothing, the same score as the West Salem's, as the West Salem game. They, you know, I like, um West Salem. They have a, a nice team. They have some good players. But I think Eau Claire Memorial, beginning early in the year, I mean, even though they won a lot of games, I think they improved quite a bit and you know I I think that they're gonna they're gonna roll through on this game Um, they got Trevor Hudasek one of the top goalies in the state Uh, Brennan Olson Ben Zocco two good forwards Um, maybe a little bit short on the defensive end of the deal but Josh Berg is a pretty good senior defender for that team and then they have a bunch of younger kids, uh, well Hudson Collins is a senior as well. He'll play some defense. I, and when you think of West Salem, you think of Jack Gorniak, who's, who scored 60 points this year. But they have some other players, Joey Ollendorf, who's a, a good forward, uh, Ryan Byrne is a solid senior defenseman. You know, I, it just looks like, and we say again, on paper, on ice, whatever, uh, on paper it looks like Memorial's got an advantage in this game, but, uh, don't, you know, just don't, don't put, uh, West Salem out to pasture yet, you know. I think they'll give them a little battle here, but I think in the end, Eau Claire Memorial Old Abe's are just gonna have maybe just a little bit too much for Eric Borey's West Salem Bangor Panthers.
2: West Salem got there last year, as you mentioned, Michael, and you know I uh, played in the quarterfinals and didn't win the qu- their quarterfinal game. But Oklahoma Memorial's there every year, and I think the only thing that's different this time around maybe the coach, as uh, Mike Schwingler stepped down, and now it's Chris Tox turn, and Chris Tox still has this team playing at a very high level, and uh, you know this is a tough draw for West Salem. I mean would probably would like to take on D.C. Evers or Waukesha first, but right out of the chute, when you get Oakland Memorial, who's been a top-five team, I believe, almost the entire year, you're asking a lot.
0: Yeah, d- despite Oakland Memorial's weak defense, um, according to Trasher, uh, they, they had one game on January 4th against Hudson where they gave up seven goals. Um, otherwise, they've given up. Three goals in a game, just three times all year, and they don't even give up two goals all that often. In fact, they haven't they haven't given up uh, two goals since the, the first of February, on the sixth of February, against Hudson. Where, yeah, that 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 game they lost seven to four was to Hudson, and then earlier this month they tied Hudson two to two. So apparently their defense has uh, toughened up. To where they are not giving up a whole lot of goals anymore, and um Jack Gorniak, unless he gets a lot of help from his teammates, is going to have a hard time, I think, scoring on Eau Claire Memorial. Well, and well
1: I mean, look at that, they improved. And, and you look at you look at the
2: goaltender, though, for Eau Claire Memorial, Trevor Hudasek. He's been pretty doggone good all the year, and he's faced a lot of high-end talent, so you know, it's a tough row to hold for, uh, West Salem in this one, no doubt.
3: Well, the thing is, as you look at this, you know, th- this is the second match between them. Uh, th- they played up at Cornerstone actually back in, uh, December and the Old Aves won that one six to three. Old Aves outshot the Panthers 38 to 16 in that game, uh, there was a other goalie that was in that for the old Aves during in that, uh, Nick Schultz. But the one thing that I think does go in the Panthers' favors, I haven't seen the old Aves play this year, so I'm not sure about their speed, but I, I do know that the speed of the Panthers should be uh, on the ice should allow them to keep up with most teams that they will play. And then the other thing is, that Panther roster is 12 seniors. Mm. So, I mean, you know, that that's a lot of um, experience out there on the ice playing and watching them play against Onalaska. I have watched Onalaska play over the years, and it's very rare I've ever seen Onalaska be beat to the puck as often as I saw them beaten to the puck on Saturday, and just early in the game, they held like a four goals to none shots on goal, but it just seemed from that point on, West Salem took that game over and dominated the rest of the game and controlled it. And talking to a coach that was was there watching the game, actually, uh, the Black River Falls girls head coach who had been an assistant for Toma for many years, Oak Moser, uh, watched the game and he he felt that the Panthers had controlled most of that game. And so, as I said, the experience of 12 seniors on the ice is going to count for a lot being down there at Madison.
2: 12 seniors is a lot. Well,
3: West Salem...
0: Okay, guys. I I was on you, mute. Do you have a rebuttal? I had, I had muted myself. Yeah, I was, I was looking at at West Salem's roster because I don't, I, you know, I talked about Verona and Notre Dame. You know, one of them gets a bump in the power rankings; the other one gets a bump in the coaches. Well, West Salem doesn't show up in either of them. Um, the top. I'm looking at their schedule. It, it, it's why they're not showing up in, in the rankings. Is that um, they've they've not been able to get games against the the top tier teams. If you look at the games they've had against you know top level teams this year, I mean they lost to Superior five to one, they lost to Eau Claire Memorial six to three, they lost to Madison Edgewood four to one, they lost to Stevens Point four to one, they lost to New Richmond three to one. I don't see a W against any top ten or top fifteen teams on this. Schedule,
2: but they have played them.
0: No, they've played some of
2: the. They well, played some of the heavyweights. They played a few of them. They played a few, but, but
0: but not beaten any of them. It's kind of like what Anago did this year. They played all those good teams, but didn't beat any of them.
2: So well, when they, they beat had to Notre play,
0: Dame, so when they had to play them for reals, they lost.
2: So they've, they've had to play them for reals, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move on to the last game of Thursday. D.C. Everest in Waukesha. Well, I would say Trasher opened it up with, uh, with it, but you know what? I'm going to open this one up. Um, I haven't seen D.C. Everest play this year. I've heard lots about their goaltending. I've heard uh, J.J. Bertels, a very good defenseman. Waukesha comes at you in so many different ways. They've got very good goaltending. they got a good, very good defenseman in Kevin Broda, and they've got some forwards who know how to finish. But one of the things Waukesha has is a power play. They live on the power play, and when they get on the power play, they're usually going to score goals. So for D.C. Everest, if they're going to win this game, probably would be best to keep Waukesha off the power play and, uh, for D.C. Everest, Garrett Larson is who you're going to have to beat on in net, and he's one of the best in the state. So um, not expecting a big scoring fest out of this one either.
1: No, absolutely not. And uh, to your point, um, two of the best goalies in the state for sure in this game, Michael Yankee for D.C. Everest, probably played – arguably in my mind anyway two of the best games I've seen for goaltenders this year in back-to-back uh, sectional in the semi-final game he had 46 saves in a game against Wausau West he had 43 saves in this game against Spash and in that in that span of uh, 89 saves he allowed three goals which is pretty darn good especially against the caliber of those teams He's red hot. Garrett Larson I've seen him play I think two or three times this year. He is the same kind of kid. He it's like he wants to see more shots and the more shots he sees the better he is. And uh Yankee the same way. Um, and I agree, I'm Jay, I don't think this is gonna be a big scoring game. I would be surprised if there's much more than four goals total. You know, it'd be like three to one or something like that maybe or two to one but uh should be a really good defensive game um J.J. Burdall is their leading scorer with 50 points Ty Treader has 37 Ryan Bagley has 36 so those are your three big guns for the Evergreens um Waukesha has got three kids over uh, 30 points Chad Larson Garrett Wilderman and Trent Tucker uh I think defense like you said, is going to be the the word of the day here in this game, gentlemen. You know, Trenton Tucker, I've seen Waukesha a few times, and Trenton Tucker may be
2: one of the best-kept secrets around because the kid is out there, but next thing you know, all of a sudden, he's on the score sheet, and, you know, he just does the little things right, and you don't really, he's not really flashy or anything. But boy, he's around the puck and he finishes. And he's he's been that way when I've watched him and I've always been impressed with him. So, uh, Trenton Tucker, I'm a player that you, uh, keep an eye on in this game because he's, I like what the things he does. But other thing about DC Everest here, Michaels, is I'm thinking about as I go and look at this, that I brought their schedule up, Wausau West, they beat them 3 to 2, I believe, double overtime, correct? Yes, double overtime. Stevens point
1: beat them. Double overtime? Double overtime, yep. So you're pretty battle tested there, really. My, and- my
2: my my point my point is
1: is that
2: I remember back in two thousand five down here in Janesville and, and I tell the story every year. We had a team that was eh okay at best, but we got a hot goalie at the right time. And our hot goalie carried us, and he carried us right into the semi, so what I'm saying here is you got a hot goalie, you can go a long ways, and right now that young man Michael Yankee, is a hot goalie, and he could take him quite a ways.
1: We should go to somebody else who knows a little bit about hot goalies, and that would be Bill Berg,
0: yeah, I've always been a hot goalie um but no, by, by all accounts, I mean you don't want to Put it all. You, you have to give a lot of credit to the rest of the the DC Everest team, but by all accounts, um, Michael Yonke stole the game against Stevens Point. Stole the game against Wausau West. They were outshot almost two to one by Stevens Point, better than two to one by Wausau West. So yes, you're riding a hot goalie, but on the other, in the other net, like you guys have mentioned, you know, a couple of times, um, Garrett Larson you know, he's uh, the, the the top goalie in the state in terms of save percentage. Uh, he's number two, uh, not number three in the state in terms of, you know, goals against average. So the goalie on the other end can, you know, put up the same kind of show as Michael Yankee does, so then it comes down to the rest of the players on the team. And the other... Lines, your forward, your defenseman, um, if the goaltenders are both outstanding and both equal, then it, it's up to who has the best supporting cast. And right now, I would, I would have to give the nod to, to Waukesha in, in that regard, just as, in terms of just having more, uh, overall scoring punch than, than DC Everest.
2: That power play unit they've had for them, I don't have the number here in front of me, but in the playoffs, that power play has been clicking. And they put a number of, uh, when they beat Janesville 5-1, to one, four of them were power play goals. When they beat, uh, who did they play last?
0: Marquette. Uh,
2: Milwaukee Marquette. As I bring up the box score here, I think three yeah. of the goals were power play goals. I mean, that power play of theirs it's just really been fantastic. It's been, yeah, Waukesha Wings yeah. here against New Milwaukee Marquette, three for three. You, you hear that, T.C.
0: Everest? Stay out of the penalty box. Stay out of the penalty box. You don't want to go in the penalty box. You don't want Marquette, to give
2: Waukesha a man advantage. Marquette Hilltoppers, all for 4 on the power play. I mean, they uh they do some good things on their
1: uh, special teams MJ I'm looking at the team stats for the regular season and uh, it kind of bears that out uh, during the regular season they were 33.3% they were 5th in the state on the power play now let's see what uh, the Evergreens do on the penalty kill if you want to look at the other side eleven eight nine and they are ranked ninth at right around ninety percent so um pretty good uh, special teams play by both uh by both units there. and uh there's one advantage here that nobody knows about except for myself and coach dan van Slyke. you guys wanna hear it okay, here nope. it is. No? Okay.
2: <laughs> all right. I agree with burglar. No. No? Okay, that's no, fine. No,
1: go ahead. Go no, ahead. too late. I, okay. No, no, no. So, all right. So, this um, particular young fellow has been at four D.C. Everest games, and they are 4-0 and o in that time frame. So, uh, the coach, Dan Van Slyke, said that uh, this young fellow had better make it down to state tournament on Thursday. And he's going to be there, so I know Coach Van Slyke is pretty positive about his chances with his good luck charm in tow, will be there for the game, and uh, give the Evergreens a good chance to win the game. So there's something that just a couple of us know.
2: Okay, I'm just... But he doesn't tell us who it is.
0: No. No, that that's because that, that that, that's young man he does not he doesn't, he doesn't trust Waukesha not to to, to hijack him. Um <laughs> i am MJ, I'm just gonna yeah. follow up on your point and go back one game to the first playoff game for uh Waukesha when they beat Stoughton five to nothing. Yeah. Three of those were power play goals. There you have it.
2: I mean their power play is very good. And guys, one of the things we haven't mentioned is Last year's state championship game, those two finalists are back in the state tournament. And there you have that. All right, there's a look at the boys' games. Friday, the girls' games. Let's get started. We got two of those. Dell Scanlon, let's start out. Uh, the Warbirds, Fond du Lac Co-op, taking on the Cap City Cougars. At approximately 1215. Delmar, tell us about it.
3: Hey, MJ. Actually, this will be a rematch from a game earlier in the season, uh, on the 25th of November. The Warbirds beat Cap City 5-4. to four. And so, that was a time when, actually, I believe both teams were kind of coming in and trying to get a feel as to how the season was going to go. And, Cap City kind of struggled there for a little while and came on strong late in the season. And the Warbirds started out fairly strong and then kind of hit, hit a rough spot, you know, a lull there about halfway through the season and then come on strong at the end, uh, played good in the Eastern Shores Conference Tournament and came through and pl- Played some excellent games during the uh, playoffs here to knock off USM and advance to the state tournament, whereas Cap City had a huge sectional semifinal game up in Black River Falls, who they had lost to earlier in January. 3-2, uh, to two, I believe, was the final score of that game. But they came up into Black River Falls, won this game 3-2, to two and ha- moved on to play Rock County Fury in Madison at a game that you saw. And they have really came together and have, as you witnessed, put things tight in front of the net and made it hard to get in there to score. And I expect them to try to do the same thing against the Warbirds. Uh, Warbirds have Alyssa Heim, who's, you know, an extremely talented forward but Cap City's able to counter that with Colleen Milligan, and then they ha- they have Margot Thousand on defense, where the Warbirds have uh, Dionovich back there, and it's going to be a close game, and I expect this to be a one-goal game, and very t- tight throughout. But Andy, I'm going to go to you because you saw Cap City just this past Saturday.
2: I did see Cap City this past Saturday and they, uh, took down my Rock County Fury and I've really struggled with that for the last couple of days. And Dell, you throw it to me about that. Geez, thanks. Um, kind of just throw a little salt in there. No. Anyways, um, the Cap City Cougars, you know what? Yeah, they beat the Rock County Fury. That's, that's my team that I cover. And you know what? They They earned it. They played well. They played very well and they've played very well down the stretch. Um, I didn't see them during the season. This was my only time seeing them this year. And two players of them really, really stood out to me. Colleen Milligan, as you mentioned, her Dell. Wow, she's got some speed to her. Uh, She was a handful in that game. Also, Margot Thousand. I liked her game defensively. And uh, they are a couple of the top players for the Cap City Cougars. Taylor Thornton played well in net, I mean, in the third period. Cap city had a three nothing lead, and Rock county got it within three two with a minute and a half left in the game and they brought everything and uh Taylor Thornton stood up to that stood up to that the to finish off that game, so she played well she when Rock county started getting some shots, she was able to make some stops and uh keep her team uh in the lead and they were able to get the win in that game but uh yeah they they really played well, and one of the things I noticed of how they were able to slow down Rock County, is you're right, they packed it in. I mean, they took away shooting lanes, they took away passing lanes, they had bodies, they had sticks. They probably had visible objects. I mean, there was just no way you were going to get pucks or bodies to the net. It just seemed like they just had it all covered. It seemed like they were well coached, they were well prepared. And uh, they executed their game plan well, and they were able to get a nice win. They got a goal on the uh, power play. They got a goal shorthanded, and they got a goal at uh, full strength. So they were able to get it in all three facets of the game, and that's the difference in why they are moving on to the state tournament. Second straight year for them, in fact. So uh, a little bit of experience coming back to uh, the state tournament for the Cap City Cougars.
0: Well, I'm going to play the part of Bodie Miller here. Um, if you guys didn't watch any of the Olympics coverage, I any mean, of the downhill events, you know what a downer it is listening to Bodie Miller cover an event. Uh, Norling well, was a
2: downhill skier.
0: Yeah, nobody lives up to their potential, and even a great run could have been better if you know they'd have done this when it really counted. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, am I correct in my assumption that the girls' tournament was not seeded?
1: Yes, that is correct. It yeah. was just the regular section yeah, of the bracket.
0: Otherwise, how do you end up with the top two teams playing each other um, in the first game if it was a seeded tournament? Because this year with the girls, there seemed to be... I mean, th- th- there's always been uh, like a two or three tier system, it seems, with the girls' teams. Um, but th- the top tier, in my mind anyway, this year... Was the big three out in section one? Um, the Fusion, uh, Hudson, and the Eau Claire area stars. Um, it looked at the beginning of the year like the Rock County Fusion was up there with those guys, but they kind of faded as the year went on. And, uh, Central Wisconsin Storm, um, a very young team this year, you know, started out slowly, but then worked their way up into that tier. So, um, you know, had this turn, had this tournament been seeded, You know, I don't think you'd have seen Eau Claire and Central Wisconsin, you know, playing each other in the first game. And that being said, uh, I'll just totally crap on each of these other two teams. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, Where was I going? I had a point. When I started this, I had a point, and then I went off on a tangent, and now I've lost it completely.
1: I think what you were trying to say is that whoever wins the first game is going to win the title. I think that's what you meant.
3: Yeah, but I don't like to say it that way.
1: Okay, whoever. He,
3: he meant the second game, because <laughs> the first game is Cap City against, uh, the Warbirds. Do so we have it wrong and on our, on our. No,
0: no. Our schedule says to, Eau Claire. Our schedule says okay, Eau Claire versus well, Central Wisconsin. That's why I was kind of surprised you started out with Cap City and, Well, and uh, the, the A- MJ
3: said that this was, so that's why I went with this. But, um, Central Wisconsin has played both Cap City and the Warbirds this year. Uh, they beat Cap City 4-1 to one at Marathon Park, and they beat the Warbirds 5-2 to two at Greenheck. Um, so, I mean, at least, you know, they've met each other, and the games were both three-goal wins for uh, this storm. However, we all know that, you know, you get down to Madison, and at times we've seen teams that we thought were going to win a game fairly easy struggle. And I'm, I'm just going to let Burglar go with what he was going to, while I look up another thing from last year. Well, otherwise I was going to say that,
0: like the Central Wisconsin Struggle got better as the season went on, when it comes to handicapping these games, I like to look at what, you know, they're, they're – their, their matchup was last. And I lost that train of thought to Man, I'm just useless today.
2: Why don't you-, you know what? Let's, I want to I throw this out there. First, before the uh, year turned over, my look here, the central Wisconsin storm started five and seven. Since then, they've won every game except one since the beginning of the year. And that was a two to one loss at Hudson. And looking at the scores of these games, I mean, their defense got better. It got a lot better. I mean, you look at the scores, six three, four one, three zero, one zero, six zero, four zero, four one, two zero. Well, they lost a two one game. 3-2-5-2-4-3-9-0-1-0-6-3 Three two five two four three nine zero one zero six three to Wisconsin Valley Union. I mean, their their numbers. Looking at those numbers, those are pretty good numbers for since the beginning of the year. So yeah, maybe people wanted to throw a little bit of dirt on the storm once they started out slow, but it didn't matter because they uh, got better as the season went on. I mean, you look at
0: Tr- Trasher was all over their defense at the beginning of the year.
2: Well, he wasn't wasn't all
0: over their defense. He was very nice about it. He said they lost all of their defense and from the previous team and they had to rebuild from scratch. So he was very nice about it. But yes, they did rebuild and I guess when, yeah, when you have a team that starts out five and seven then finishes up 14 and one, um, a young team, I, I guess you could say that they developed and maybe you, you give a little bit of the credit there to the coaching, um, to develop those players and get them up into that top tier um, and peaking uh, right at the most important time of the year.
1: Funny how I would have ever said that they lost all their defensemen because they did lose two very good defenders, Taylor Troy and Jamie Hendrickson, but they have a whole bunch of seniors now playing on the blue line that actually participated quite a bit last year Aaron Gruber is a a senior Maddie Ungerer who was injured I believe early on in the year and came back has been a steadying force and Kristen Defner is also a senior so yeah you know it's like maybe that some of those kids didn't get a lot of playing time last year or maybe he he played three sets of D I I don't really know but um, they have really stabilized quite a bit from early in the year when we first saw them and like the way that they had kind of a struggle early in the year and now they've completely flip-flopped their season over to just they're hard to beat it seems like the games I've seen them anyways for probably the first half of the game uh, they let the other team hang around and then I don't know if if Pete Susans has got a, a second intermission or uh middle of the period pep talk going because it seems like late in the game they just score goals and pull away so um yeah this you you're right Burglar. um if this tournament was seeded these two would not be playing on friday for sure they might be playing on saturday but uh that's, I think, you know, as much as a guy hates to say it, that's probably the state championship game right there, the first girls' game on Friday.
3: But, you know, the thing is, is at, at the, the reason I wanted to go back and look at last year, I remember the Storm won, won the state tournament last year. They actually won it in overtime, a 2-1 win over uh, the Bay Area Ice Bears. But that, Saturday, that Friday eve, second game, was the Central Wisconsin Storm against the Cap City Cougars. That was a game where Rock County and Cap City met and Cap City won in overtime to make it to the state. Double. And, and at, as you look at it going, everybody going into the state tournament was saying, you know, okay, the Storm are going to win that game fairly easy and go in, you know, to the tile game. Well, they won that game one to nothing at State, you know, and Cap City gave them everything they could handle and a little bit more, and it, the Storm came out with that win. So even we're going to go to the discuss the uh, Storm uh, Stars game here in a second, but I would not go as far as to say it's a guarantee that that State titled is going to go to whoever wins that first game on Friday.
2: Oh, that's just Trasher again. It's easy to say it on paper, though, right?
1: It is. um, But, right, and we've just been talking about that, or I have been. The game's not played on paper. It's played on ice. So, um, you look at that. Yes, uh, the second game has two very good teams. Um, I've seen the Warbirds Beaver Dam Co-op play, I think, two or three times this year. And uh, one interesting thing about the composition of their roster is they have more freshmen that receive regular ice time than they do seniors total on the team there's four skaters that are freshmen plus the goalie and so five five freshmen that play regularly and they only have three seniors on the whole team um, as Dell had said Alyssa Heim is one of their key players Hattie Verstegen is almost as good um, stat wise and then uh, of course Drew Dianovich who I think basically single-handedly won the sectional final game against USM on Friday with uh, a five-point game, three goals and two assists. So, uh don't know much about Cap City Cougars. Um, they they've always been a real solid team, always either, you know, in the top 10 or honorable mention it seems like. And uh I think Dell said this was their second trip down there in a row. Um so, I mean, definitely that helps the experience-wise. This is going to be, I think, a, a game too close to call, but um we'll see, you know. And it is the second game, so I, I got that part of it right anyways, if nothing else. Okay, I was going off what was on
2: the ticker, but obviously the ticker on my end isn't
1: ticking, right? Well, if they're going to start the, that game at... 10 o'clock, that, and they're the second game. That first game is going to be awful damn early. 7.30 maybe. It's like the, the, uh, Eau Claire North, Eau Claire Memorial was posted on the WIA site as playing at 11 p.m. I would have liked to have seen that one. Oh, that's past my bedtime. That's all right, a lot guys. Of
2: we've,
3: uh, we've gone through so all the games. Who's, who's, who's playing in that other game, MJ? Who's playing that, that other girls' game. More birds and the Cougars. No, the other one that we still have to discuss: the Stars against the Storm. The Storm. Yeah, I bet you it's the Stars against the Storm. But so the Stars actually made it down to the state tournament, knocking off the st- number one seed six to one in, in the sectional final, and you know, so it was a game in which they had split during the regular season, both having one on their home ice, where this game was actually played in Hudson. So we kind of were going into it, lean towards Hudson being able to have a little bit of an advantage being on their home ice. But this was a game that was dominated by the Stars and, and winning the game. And the... Stars win, won that game six to one to move on to the state where they're going to take on the Central Wisconsin Storm. Storm and the Stars both played uh, against each other this season twice, in which the Stars won over the Storm three to nothing early in the season. But as we mentioned, the Storm won the last game, and I believe the final was four to three. So, you know, this is going to be an interesting game. Between the two, and to see how this one comes out. Basically, it's it's a rubber game in the state semifinal.
1: Actually, Dell, I'm looking at the uh, the the standing or the the record, and it looks like they played three times. I see early on in the year, uh, the Stars won three to nothing, and then looks like probably around Christmas time or thereabouts, they won two to one, and then just before the the playoffs, so I'm guessing it was late January, early February. Um, the storm won four to three. So, but so, yeah. To your point, there's some familiarity there. The breakdown of their roster on the star side is the same kind of as uh, it was with Fondalek. They have probably well three four five they have eight freshmen on their roster and probably five or six of them get regular ice time and their goalie Naomi Stowe is also a freshman so a lot of youth on this team coach Tom Bernhardt probably licking his chops the only downside is he's going to lose Abigail Stowe as she's a senior this year she's their leading scorer but right behind her Ava Keeson uh almost as good arguably probably just as good so uh they depend a lot on their their two two forwards uh Charlotte Akervic is back from an injury she's a, a top notch defenseman and you mentioned earlier in the the podcast uh Eau Claire Memorial was going to be without Mike Schwengler as a coach? Well, the Eau Claire area stars have a Schwengler as a player. Madison Schwengler, a freshman, had 25 points this year. So she's a big contributor, and I'm sure uh, Mike is very proud of her and will be at the game watching. So this is going to be a really good game. I have honestly no idea who's going to win it. It's it's going to be a, a slugfest for sure, um, not necessarily in, in scoring, but uh, two heavyweight teams beating up on each other to get the victory.
0: Well, hold that thought because later on we are ask, going to ask you for a prediction um, as to who will win this game, and you're going to have to give us one. But I just, well, want to, I just want to remind everybody that this was not a good year to be a number one seed in the girls' sectionals. Mm-mm. No. As none of them have advanced.
2: Not a one. Why do you think that is? You think there may be actually a good amount of parity still in girls' hockey?
3: I think there is a good amount of parity in in the girls' hockey this year, and and, I mean we've got three number twos and one number three, and. That number three uh, had actually split with their number one seed twice during the season, Um, and the number one seed had won the uh, conference title. And the one time that they had played the number two seed during the regular season, they had lost to them. And you know that's how that that ended up breaking down there. But when you go back and you look at uh, sectional two. There could have been an argument for the Storm to have the, uh, number one seed in that, in that bracket. Hudson and the Stars, they split on the season. You know, so you got the one versus two there, so good argument there. And then you go over to USM Warbirds, and while the USM won the Eastern Shores co- Conference during the regular season, they, did not win the conference tournament. I'm not sure who won that off the top of my head right now. Uh, but the Warbirds were right there. You know, and The argument could have been made for them during, for the number one seed. So there's a lot of parity between them all. And I think with the four teams that we have down there, we're still looking at a very good girls' tournament.
2: I have no doubt in my mind it's going to be a very good girls' tournament. You know, when you're going to one, one of those two between ECA and the storm play, one of those two is going home on Friday. And then they'll they play the winner of, uh, Fondalec and, uh, the Cap City Cougars. You know, if you're, if you're one of those people, if you're the Cap City or Fondi, you want to see that first game go as long as possible because, uh, It's a quick turnaround to uh, come back for the championship game on a Saturday. So uh, you would want to see that one go as long as possible because those two teams are uh, really going to get after each other. And not to say that the Warbirds and the Cougars aren't. Those two heavyweights taking on each other early on, that's going to be a dandy of a game. But they're all going to be good. But that's one you... You probably maybe want to point the finger at a little bit more because you, know, you look at you look at Eau Claire Altoona, the sectional they came out of, of all the good teams that were in that, you know, and they're the last team standing. And then take on Central Wisconsin, who's won fourteen of fifteen. You know, what do you say? I mean, it's it's a it's got all the makings of a great matchup, and it should be a lot of fun to watch. That being said, anybody else got anything you want to get off your chest at this moment? Well, we got to do the prediction. I, I was, was going to say, I bet burglar has something. He's just that kind of a guy. No,
0: we we just got to get to our fearless predictions.
2: Fearless predictions, so we can make ourselves look bad. Okay. All right, Bill, where do you want to start?
0: First game. Of the tournament?
2: On Thursday. Okay, who wants to start it out?
0: I'll go. I'll take. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go on on a limb and take the team that's been ranked number one all year. Hudson.
3: I'll go with Hudson in that one
1: also.
2: Michael?
1: You going to make me go next? All right, um, I'll go next. I, 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 no, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go. I don't well, know why you make making such a big stink about because it. Because I can. I think okay. this is going to be a closer game than you think, but I'm going to go with Hudson. It's going to be like a 4-2, to 4-3 to three game. Hudson comes out ahead, though.
2: I'm going to finish it right across the board. Hudson,
1: I think this is still going to be a close game, though.
2: Uh, Verona, Notre Dame Academy. I'll start this one out. Um, I'm going Wildcats. I'm going Wildcats. They have a lot of skill. I think this game may be decided in net, though, between the two goalies.
0: I hate to to do it, but I'm going to agree with MJ
3: and go with Verona. Well, I'm going to go with Verona, but the biggest thing, I think, for Verona to be able to do to win this is they have to keep their composure and stay out of the penalty box.
2: Yeah, I agree with you totally
1: there. Alright, just to be different, I'll pick Notre Dame because I've seen them play. I saw what they did when they were under adversity. They were down three goals in the sectional final game and came back to win at 6-4. to four. I like that kind of... Uh, uh, Moxie. Poise, Moxie, yes. Isn't Jonathan Moxon, wasn't he a quarterback? Anyways, uh, I like Notre Dame. I'm going to take them. West Salem-Eau Claire Memorial, burglar.
0: I think this is going to be a tight one also, but I'm going to have to go with... Uh, uh, the, the, the stronger team on paper, Eau Claire Memorial.
2: Guys, I'm gonna go Eau Claire Memorial also. I think Trevor Hudasek might be
1: the difference.
0: MJ? Do you That's ever- what I said. Do, do you ever not go Eau Claire Memorial?
1: Only when he goes Eau Claire North. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps,
2: it keeps my house in a, uh, in a uh, pleasant atmosphere. Okay you know what
1: you I go. mean. Dal?
3: Well I'm probably going against reason here. I'm gonna actually go a little bit with my heart just for the simple reason it's coming out of S- sectional four and I'm gonna go with the twelve senior team and ride with the Panthers.
1: Alright. Um I'm gonna go with uh As much as I'd like to um, pick my buddy, Eric Borey, and our our former broadcast assistant partner, i got to go with Memorial. I think they've been improving all year, and they are going to peak, and uh, the first game that they do that, well, the first game that we see it will be Thursday. T.C. Everest and Waukesha, guys. Trasher? I am going to go with my boys from Everest. I think Yankee's going to continue to play outstanding. He's going to give the state an opportunity to see what kind of goalie this kid from uh, north of Highway 29 is. Uh, Northern bias may be a little bit here, but I'm going with the Evergreens.
2: Michael, help me out. Who was the last D.C. Everest goalie? I remember he played it for uh, uh, Team Wisconsin at the Showcase. Back about six, seven years ago.
1: Oh, that was a long time ago. That was that long-haired dude. Now, I can't think of his name. Uh, yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark, but I can't think of his... I'd have to look back. I'll keep going, and I'll I'll find him. Okay.
3: Dumber? Uh, This one here, I'm going to go with uh, the wings. Go with the wings? And I'm going to go with the wings. I think that you got... Two solid goaltenders in this game, and you know either one of them is capable of helping his team uh, steal out a win in a close game. But I think the Wings' experience of being down at the uh, tournament is going to come into play in this game.
2: Burglar.
0: Well, as I when when we were talking about the game, I you know, I put everything on on you know. Waukesha having the better forward team. But then after we started, you started talking about their power play and looking at how they not just have an outstanding power play but get almost all of their scoring on the power play and didn't really do all that great on on 5-on-5, I'm thinking that if Everest can keep their guys out of the penalty box, um, they have a chance to pull this one out. So I'm going to say D.C. Everest, if they don't get the penalties... Can take this one.
2: Then that leaves me. I haven't seen DC Everest. Um, I've heard about, about how well they've played. They are. I don't know. Do you want? To, you guys want to call them a Cinderella team at this point? Are they Cinderella of the state tournament? Uh, looking at the two teams that they beat to get
0: there, I, I would have to go with that. Yeah.
3: I would agree. Michael
1: so, Yeah, between uh between them and uh Fondy Springs, all although Springs have been strong pretty much all year, and I know that we got some people um early in the season, some coaches had said, Hey, watch for springs at the end of the year. Well here they are. So yeah, I, I would say the way Everest has played here the last uh two games for sure. Well um,
0: taking down two top ten teams, I mean.
1: Yep, absolutely. I agree. One thousand percent. Michael, can you also tell me when the last time DC Everest was at state?
0: They've never Not been there.
1: That I'm aware of at all.
0: They've never been there.
1: They've never been there.
0: At least that that's that's what the uh Wausau newspaper said it's their first ever trip to state. Yes, it will be their first time. Don't quote me on that. That's from the Wausau paper. If it's wrong, if if, 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 if it's right, then it was my brilliant insight.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go still with Waukesha. Garrett Larson, um, Michael Yankee, those two are going to battle it out in net, but I think that Waukesha still has enough scoring. And, uh, I think that's gonna be just enough to carry them past, uh, DC Everest. But this is one that I'm pretty sure we all agree is gonna be a very, very close game. If the goldways both show up, they're gonna, it's gonna be, this is gonna be a really close one. Alright, let's move on to Friday. Eau Claire and Altoona. Stars. Taking on the Central Wisconsin Storm. Michael,
1: you're not picking first. I'm picking first. I was going um, to give you a name. Mark Lambrecht. Mark Lambrecht. That's his name. Graduated in 2010. He had the, the long Bob Berg type hair for the longest time until Coach Tim Ebner said, hey, if you're going to Minnesota with us, you're going to get a haircut. And he looked like a completely different dude with short hair, but Mark Lambrecht, yes, he was all conference a couple years, graduated in 2010. And, uh, so, uh, Michael Yankee, continuing the tradition of fine Everest netminders. Sorry Sorry about about that dude. What hair? Whose hair? Yankees. What about Michael Yankees? Is it
0: continuing the tradition of the hair? No,
1: no, no, no. Oh, okay. He no. His his hair is not short and it's not long. It's somewhere in between. It's uh what is it, the Goldilocks hair. Not right. too short, not too long, just right.
0: Sorry. Yeah. And, back to the girls. and and
2: Mike and Michael, when he played for them in twenty ten at that showcase they won it all. So there you have it. Um, Eau Claire Altoona and, uh, the storm, you know what? I'm going to take the storm. They've just been too hot for too long. And, uh, they seem to be doing everything right. Pete Susan's has seemed to have, uh, straightened the ship out a little bit, but this is one that's, uh, this one may be one of the, on paper, this may be one of the best ones we may see in a long time.
0: Okay, my turn in this game between the Eau Claire North Co-op and the D.C. Everest Co-op. I'm at the WIAA site right now, getting warmed up for the whole banner thing.
2: Um, you sound like the rank announcer. <laughs>
1: um,
0: Yeah, I I think that uh Central Wisconsin Storm, or sorry, the D.C. Everest Co-op, they started out the season kind of rough, and they've just been on a roll, and I think they're peaking at just the right time, so... I will go with the D.C. Everest Co-op.
2: If anybody would know anything about girls hockey, it would be Del Scanlon. Del?
3: Uh, I think this is be a very tight game.
2: game. I, I think it's going to be a very tight game. And, and defer to Trash. <laughs>
3: <there>. <laughs> Just keep talking to Actually, I, man, I, I almost did. I almost deferred on this one, but... Uh, as I'm looking at this one and I'm just extremely impressed with the game against Hudson and with that in mind, I'm gonna take the stars over the storm in this one two to one. Now should we ask Trasher? Trasher
1: can go and destroy why I'm wrong on this. Ask nicely, and I might tell you. Um I've, like I said earlier, I've seen the Storm play probably five or six times this year, and they always seem to get stronger in the game, and I have no doubt that'll happen again. The only difference I see here is the Storm, or the Stars, excuse me, have two players that basically can score on anybody. Um, I mean, I don't have the complete breakdown of their stats, but um uh, Stowe has, I believe, over 80 points. Keeson has over 70. They rank up in the top two or three in the state in scoring. And that means to me that they, they can score pretty much, well, not when they want to, but when they need to. And, uh, as much as I love Coach Pete Susans, he's, uh, 640 wins almost in his high school career. I think that uh the Stars on the heels of their 6 to 1 game that they, they defeated Hudson um to me was the biggest surprise the score not the winner. I think the Stars are going to have just a little bit too much horsepower for the Storm in this game so I'll go with ECA. All right, in our last
2: game, Vondelac, Warbird Co-op, and the Cap City Cougars. And I'm going to go ahead and let
3: Dell start this one. You know, I followed the Warbirds for the last couple of years and been very impressed with them throughout the season. However, in this game here, I'm going to actually go with the Cougars to pull out the victory. And make it to their first state title game.
2: Treasure?
1: I am going to oppose Del Mars selection and I am going to go with the Warbirds Beaver Dam. I could say their their whole co op name, but I won't. Um to win it's this a long game. One. It is there's like thirty two schools in it. So uh yeah, I definitely don't want to say it. Kind of as long-winded as me talking, but that's another story. Uh, Fond du Lac, or, uh, Warbirds, Beaver Dam co-op, I think is going to win this one like 4-2. to two. Burglar?
0: Well, I'm, I'm not going to give you a score. But uh, the game versus the Sun Prairie co-op and the Fond du Lac co-op, I will go with the Sun Prairie co-op.
2: But you're not giving a score.
0: No, I haven't given a score. And,
2: and, and neither am I. Um, I have not had a chance to see the Warbirds. Um, but I did see Cap City. And I did like what I've seen of them. And I'm just going off what I've seen of them. I think that they may have enough to uh, get to that championship game. I'm going to pick them over Fond du Lac. And there you have it. All. Uh, all predictions are subject to change after Thursday's game, correct?
0: They're subject to change at any time.
2: Subject to change, any,
1: including the middle of the game. <laughs> yes. All, um, predi- all
0: predictions guaranteed wrong or your money back.
1: I, I will make sure that I type these up so when I go um, 6-0 and in the first round, I can crow to my partners on the website. Or else I will destroy them if I go 0 and six or anywheres in between. Okay.
2: Uh Michael, we uh you wanna give everybody the scoop? Um uh, Wisconsin Prep Hockey will be at the state tournament and uh will we be at our normal spot?
1: Our spot? We will be living in suite five oh six, is that what you're referring to? Right, right. Yes, we will be in Suite 506, the the home that we've had for, ugh, it's been a long time, probably eight or ten years. I don't even know how long it's been. So we'll be down there again. Um, stop so, by and say hello. Stop by and say hello. It's state tournament time. And, uh again, we talked earlier about how the boys at WISPREP um, – Always are looking to get a couple dollars in donations if you are so inclined to throw some cash our way to help us pay our expenses. We have quite a few of them, especially down at State. Um, Did we mention that we are changing our hotel headquarters? Did anybody say that? No. No? Okay. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but... um, we are going to be staying at the Clarion this year. Um, I don't know all the details. It's, we're letting our attorneys hammer them out. But uh, the nice thing about the Clarion, it's walking distance. We won't have to drive over. We can just walk there, back and forth. Don't have to worry about the March snowstorm that we usually get when we're down there. So Or getting, uh,
0: or getting pulled over in the parking lot because you're zigzagging between the pylons. Right, we
1: can't do that. Don't do
0: that.
2: Or, or pulling a U-turn in the middle of the road on Remrock Road. That's right.
1: That's, oh, that
2: That's also. Right. Yeah, That's they too. frown on that. That too.
1: So, yes, uh, Suite 506 will be there. Stop in and say hi. Um, I don't know if we're going to be webcasting any games. I have not heard that part of it. Um, I don't. We'll, we'll figure it out if, if there's some games that don't have coverage, uh, radio oh, coverage, I'm I guessing, believe.
0: I'm guessing Notre Dame Verona does not.
1: So we'll have to look into that and, uh, make sure that we bring our handy dandy audio equipment so we can, uh, put some games over the interwebs if needed to make sure that your favorite team has coverage online or if you listen the old fashioned way, the Ray Didio. So, uh, That's something we'll have to look into, and if uh, there's games that aren't going to be broadcast, we will do our damnedest to get it done. I think that's about it for me, MJ. Okay, we'll
2: uh, we'll see what happens. What's that burglar?
1: I was just going to say, I'm going to do my darndest.
2: You're doing darndest to what? Not his
1: damnedest. He's going to do his darndest. He's going to do his darndest. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. he's an old-fashioned kind of guy. Okay.
3: All right, Dell. anything you want to add? Well, the only other thing that I want to add is I hope to see lots of our fans come over to the banquet room above the Coliseum Bar on Saturday to watch the presentation of the Wisconsin Prep Hockey End-of-the-Year Awards. And that will be taking place on Saturday, March 3rd at 9 a.m. And I believe there will be... Some refreshments and pastries there. Am I correct on that, burglar?
0: Details to be determined.
2: In other words, burglar will have all the donuts eaten by the time anybody gets there.
0: There will be coffee for those of us who were up late on Friday night.
1: How about Bloody Mary's? We could use them, too.
0: No, nah, nah, <laughs> it's not that kind of event.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll have to sneak downstairs for that. Yeah, all, All right. right,
2: Saturday morning, nine o'clock, Coliseum Bar upstairs. We will have our awards to be given away, and uh, Col- Coliseum
0: Bar and Banquet Hall. Because it hall. better if you say it's at the Banquet Hall, not at a bar. Okay, Banquet Hall.
1: Formerly, well, we just, formerly Jingles.
2: Formerly,
0: yeah.
1: Formerly,
2: we'll be upstairs. Yes, we'll be sir. Upstairs,
1: where, where the real fun is. We
2: are uh, going to be giving away our awards and. um you're invited. You're invited, and we uh, would love to see you. Chance to see some uh, great hockey players from the state of Wisconsin high school kids uh, get some recognition. So, with that being said, um, Thursday night, guys, are we going to do this again? You betcha. Okay. We'll get a podcast up on Thursday night, but this is the Monday night one. We picked them. No guarantee we're going to be right. So, for Trasher, Burglar, and, uh, I'm Mike Hammett. See you
3: this week at the state tournament. You've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.